Amen. So we're going to turn now to uh, Matthew chapter 6. We've been making our way through the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, This morning we're going to look at these four verses from the beginning of chapter 6. And they, they are Jesus' instructions to his disciples about giving to the needy. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. It'll be on the, on the screen behind me here. Jesus says, Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, Do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your right hand, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I have have, uh, been blessed and encouraged and strengthened in my faith so many times by people giving anonymously, by people not letting their right hand know what their left hand is doing and supporting uh, ministries and things that I've been involved with through the years. As I was reflecting on, on this passage this week, I thought about uh, a time when I was a church planter. Um, and, you know, church planters and missionaries, oftentimes they're supported by people outside of, of their church or their area. And every year that I was part of, um, that I was leading this church for seven years, you know, in December, you kind of, you send out a newsletter and people are praying for you. And then in December, you kind of send out that letter because a lot of people maybe give an extra gift at the end of the year. And uh, that year, and you know, I always included in there, this is, this was the gap that we needed to raise in order to, uh, you know, move forward as a ministry. And I believe that that year, um, you know, the, the gap was $30,000 for that month that we, that we had to raise. And I sent out that letter. A, a new couple had, had started praying for me that summer. And I included them in, the, you know, in this letter. And the day that, uh, that, that the wife received the letter, um, she, she called me up and just had one, you know, one simple question, really, uh, uh, some, some of the logistics, actually, in and how to give, uh, but then, um, you know, there was a simple conversation between her and her husband. Um, other times in church planting, um, sometimes you feel like you're you're singing for your supper, <laughs> and you have to, you know, you have to take people out to lunch, and you have to, you know, you know, beg and plead, and um, you know, I might have even, res- you know, I might have even resorted to trying to guilt people into it a little bit. I mean, forgive me, Lord, but maybe I did do that a couple times. But this was the total opposite of that. It was just a grace. And the, the, the church received a check the following week for the whole amount, for $30,000. And I, I asked them, you know, do, 
do you, can, I, can I share with people about this? Can, can we just celebrate God's generosity through you? Is there anything that I can do at the church um, for this? Or is this in honor of anyone? And they said no. They said no. And they, they wanted it to be kept, kept a secret. And they wanted to, uh, to give from what God had given to, to them. And I want to... I want to emphasize right away that the size of your gift to the Lord or the size of their gift to that ministry or whatever is not the point. Uh, What Jesus is saying is he's establishing this reality. He's saying, you know, if you want recognition, if you want recognition from other people, you'll get it. But but it's a temporary recognition. And it's a recognition that kind of comes and goes. When you give in secret, you get an eternal reward. And you get recognition from really the only person whose opinion matters. Human beings, I mean, we're so fickle. We can, we can be so thankful for someone and then the next week, you know, be disappointed in them. But God's opinion of his children doesn't change. And so when we give in secret, and as Jesus continues his sermon, he's going to talk about praying in secret, talk about fasting in secret, all these things. When you do them, when you do these things that are between you and God, you get something beautiful. You get that reminder that you're his and that you belong to him. So in this, in this passage, Jesus is just saying, one thing. He's saying, don't announce your giving. Don't announce your giving. Be generous in secret. Be generous in secret. One of my mentors, um, he says that he, he wants to be outwardly frugal, but secretly generous. Outwardly frugal and secretly generous. And I, I really like that. I'm drawn to that way of life because there's something about that that is, that's, you know, attractive. It draws me to it. And Jesus is saying that if you are a disciple of mine, if you are a follower of mine, if, if you are a student of my way of life, you already have what you need. The most valuable thing in life is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And if you have that, what other recognition do you need? What other pat on the back, what other acclaim, what other significance do you need? You have the the greatest treasure. You you have the thing that we're all looking for, a relationship with our creator. And so Jesus communicates this teaching, this emphasis on being generous in secret um, through through these three, um, three pictures. First, He gives us three types of giving. There are three types of giving just in that one little word uh, that that I want to convey to you because it's not just about dollars and cents. Second, Jesus says there are three actions. We can respond to his teaching in three different ways. So there's three different actions. And And third, there are three different results. There are three different results when we live in this way. So first, 
There are three types of giving that Jesus is referring to when, when he talks about giving here. You know, when you give to the needy. And he repeats that again in verse 3. First of all, Jesus is talking about doing charity. Doing charity. You know, and this, this comes from this, the, the Latin word caritas. It means love and service. Um, a lot of times when we hear that word charity, it has a negative connotation for us. We sort of think, you know, oh, that person's a charity case. And we can kind of look down on them. We can feel sorry for them. But charity is a rich, beautiful word. It, one one uh, def, definition from the dictionary even says that it's the Christian love of humankind. So it's even sort of unique to the Christian family. It's the way that we love our neighbor. That's caritas. That's charity. Um, there is a... <clears throat> There's a, uh, a nonprofit that a friend of mine started, and it's called Charity Water. And he wanted to do two things when he started this nonprofit. He wanted to end the water crisis in our lifetime. So that's a beautiful, huge vision, because I think even today, about one in three people in the world doesn't have access to clean drinking water which seems crazy for those of us. I remember in the middle of the pandemic, you know, right in the midst of all this last summer, last fall, um, on one of our prayer calls, Angie Borzma, she was at the first service, but she said, you know, you know what I'm thankful for? I turn on my faucet and clean drinking water comes out. And I just thought, oh my gosh, Lord, make me a saint like that someday, that I don't take anything for granted. And that I'm thankful for even the, the cold water that comes out of my sink every day. But that's, that, that's part of it. Their charity is helping people get clean drinking water. But they also wanted to redefine charity because people don't trust these nonprofits anymore. And, and they, use, they use guilt and manipulation. We've all seen the TV commercials with, with the starving child with the flies hovering around his head and it's supposed to guilt you into giving, you know, seven cents a day or whatever it is. They wanted to redefine charity as love and as an opportunity to help people get clean drinking water. So that's, that's the first type of giving that Jesus is talking about. He says, when you give. The second type of giving is giving money. That's perhaps what you thought of first. Jesus talked about money so much because he knows, he knows that it's a key to how we understand God, how we understand ourselves. Jesus talked about money more than heaven and hell. In a couple weeks, we're going to be looking at the time where Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you treasure Christ above all else, everything seems to fall into place. Your money, your time, your possessions, all these things. Martin Luther said that there are three conversions necessary for the Christian. The conversion of the heart, of the mind, and the conversion of the purse. And of these three, it may well be that we find the conversion of the purse to be the most difficult. 
Charles Spurgeon said, with some Christians, the last part of their nature that ever gets sanctified is their pocketbook. And I, uh, I once heard a story about a church that was undertaking you know, a, a building project like, like we did to build this sanctuary. You know, and the, the minister stood up one Sunday morning to the congregation and he said, well, guys, I have some good news and some bad news. The good news is we have all the money to undertake our building project. We got all of it. The bad news is it's still in your wallets. I thought that was pretty good. Jesus, Jesus talked about money because it helps to get to the state of our souls. It's such a temptation in our world today to rely on our money, to, be, to have an unhealthy obsession with it. And I, I just want to invite you again to talk to me, talk to any elder, talk to any deacon. If you're looking for guidance in this area, how can I live more in line with what the Bible teaches? How can I honor God with everything that he's giving me? The third type of giving that Jesus is talking about is helping the poor. You know, he says that again and again, when you give to the needy. And for this, I think about, you know, delivering food to people, handing out supplies, um, giving rides to people that might not have a vehicle or a car, you know, um, doing the oil change ministry that we've done here, helping people move. I mean, whatever it might be, when we, when we do these things, we are giving our most important resource and our most valuable resource, which is our time. You can always make more money, but time passes by every day. And Jesus is encouraging us here when he says, when you give to the needy, when you spend time with them, when you reach out to them, he's saying that, you know, we should, not only should we balance our checkbook or, you know, know how we can honor God with our, with our wealth, but, but our time as well. We should be conscious of that. Uh, and I think it's, it, it's important even right now as in the next weeks and months things open back up and we're more able to connect with people that are in dire need. Take stock of your calendar and of the way you spend your time. Is it honoring to God? When we, when we serve the poor, when we give to the poor, you know, in any three of these ways, we are, we're pointed to the gospel. We're pointed to Jesus. You know, I think about um, the, the, the verse from 2 Corinthians 8, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who for your sakes became poor, so that you might become rich. When we understand that Jesus emptied himself of everything, of all the riches of heaven, and came down to us, to make us spiritually rich, to take us from poverty of trying to do things our own way, trying to earn our own salvation, trying to find meaning in all these other things. That's all in the past because Jesus has given his life for us and has made us spiritually rich, which is the only kind of wealth that really matters. Then everything else finds its place, and we can give generously out of that. So there's three, there's three responses that we can have 
to, to this teaching from Jesus. You know, we can just sort of um, ignore it. We can say, well, you know, serving the poor, it's a waste of time. You know, those, those people, they need to fill in the blank. You know, they need to get their act together. They need to get off the streets. They need to stop wasting their money. They need to stop using, you know, whatever it is. But when we do that, when we do that, we ignore the fact that God determines everything. You know, most of us in this church work very hard. We work very hard to provide for our families. Um, you know, we work in, in businesses and in offices, building things, um, all kinds of things. Or we work in the home, you know, taking care of children or grandchildren. There's not a lot of lazy people at Park Lane Church. But I think that sometimes it can lead to this idea that we earned everything we've got. You know, that we pull ourselves up. That, um, that, that we got everything fair and square. And when we do that, we're forgetting, you know, who gave you that job? Who gave you that ability? Who gave you the wherewithal to work? Who, who determined that you would be born in 1970 in the United States instead of 1,500 years ago on a mountain in Tibet? God put us here for a reason. And he determined, he has a plan for everything in our lives, including our time and our money. And Jesus, so, you know, we can, we can refuse, we can say no to Jesus, but that's a mistake. It's a mistake to not live according to how Jesus lives because he is the wisest person. But there's another way we can respond that I think is just as ungodly and just as foolish. And that's captured in, in verse 2 because Jesus says, when you give to the needy. He doesn't say, he doesn't say if you give to the needy. He doesn't say, you know, if you're feeling really charitable and really generous and maybe you had a good month or a good year last year, then you can give to the needy. He's saying, this is a normal, regular, spiritual discipline for a follower of Jesus. If you belong to me, there will be patterns of generosity in your life. And it's about, it's about grace, not guilt. It's about God's grace coming into your life and then that, that generosity flowing out. The second, the second way is that we can give in the religious way, you know, in the pharisaical way, in the hypocritical way. Jesus uses this word of a, of a hypocrite, and that, that word was the one that was used of actors and, um, you know, in the theater. So what I think of is that the spotlight, when you give and you sound the trumpet, when you give and say, look at me, look how generous I am, you're putting the spotlight on yourself, and it belongs on God. God is the generous giver. God is the source of everything that we have. So we don't, why would we ever blow the trumpet for ourselves? Jesus is saying that if you do that, you're a performer, you're a show-off, 
And we, that's not what we're doing here. As a, as a community, we're not growing a community of religious people who need a pat on the back for any work of righteousness. We are growing a gospel-centered community that's focused on Jesus. Um, that's, that is that reminder of, I am just one blind beggar telling another where to find bread. That's who we are. We don't need to, to make a big scene about our giving. The third way is what I would say is, you know, the Jesus way. <laughs> the Jesus way. And the key word here is secret. That we would give in secret. That we would pray in secret. That we would fast in secret. And it's all about giving thanks to God. Giving thanks to God. It's not about glorifying yourself or about the attention that you can get. It's this response. When we understand what Jesus has done for us, we are grateful. We are grateful for what we have. We're not always clutching and grabbing for more. So we we can give it away. When we see the incredible gift that Jesus has given us in himself, we can be generous. And that takes a new priority in our lives. Doing things, doing things in secret keeps this balance. You know, Jesus uses this phrase that has now become pretty famous. You know, don't let your, your right hand know what your left hand is doing. And what an incredible picture that it would be so secret uh, that, you know, that it's just between you and God. It's stealthy. You know, you're, you're secretly generous. It's, it's humble. And it's, it's very attractive. I think there's something that's so cool about the generous person who doesn't need the attention for it. It's, it's very Christ-like. And if we do these things, if we, if we give in this Jesus-centered way, we have three results. We have peace now, we are rewarded now, and we are rewarded in the future. You know, we have peace because um, we know we're doing things Christ's way. You know, if, if you give for the attention, if you give to get things in return, you're always looking for that pat on the back. But you already have it in Christ. We already have our identity with him. We're already building our house on the rock. You know, Jesus is going to talk about that in chapter 7. But we're building our house on the rock, not on sand. So it's firm. It's going to be there. And we are rewarded. The reward of generosity, the reward of having a rich prayer life is God. You get more of God. You get his presence in your life. You have, we have a God that notices. We have a God that rejoices in singing over us. And it brings a smile to God's face when we're generous. Whether that's a dollar or a hundred or a thousand, the size of the gift doesn't matter. It's the posture of our heart. And and us, you know, having that family resemblance that I talked about last week. We start to resemble our Father in heaven because he is good. He is generous. And he makes us more and more like that. And then will be rewarded at the great banquet. Jesus says that in verse 4. Your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. 
So there's a future reward that's coming. And, you know, Jesus talked a lot about that, and the Bible talks about what heaven will be like, and, and it's, it's uh, this over-the-top, incredible, I mean, Revelation says the streets will be paved with gold. Jesus said there's mansions in heaven. And I don't, you know, what, what is he saying? None of those things are really important. You know, the, the picture, what he's saying is that we'll have everything that we need that we'll have Jesus there, that he'll be the light of the city, and that we'll all be well provided for. So we have that hope. We have that certainty that that is what is coming for us. And so everything that we give here, all the time that we spend serving other people, helping people, reaching out, it will be multiplied, and we will be rewarded and at that great, at that great banquet. <clears throat> well, friends, just as we close out uh, this morning's uh, sermon, there is an opportunity uh, here through our church to give to the needy and to give back to the Lord in secret <laughs> this year. Um, we are announcing this morning, I've, I've talked with the council, and we just felt like this is, this is the time. This is, this is God's word prompting us. Uh, but in the, the last couple of months, uh, our church has received a, a very generous and anonymous gift um, from someone, from you know, the estate of someone who's now with the Lord, uh, who's celebrating all that. Um, a, a generous gift of $62,500. And we are um, just blown away by God's generosity and his goodness in providing for us. And we've been praying as a council of what, what should we do with this incredible gift? And what we've decided to, to do is um, you know, to be a good steward of that and to honor God with that. And we're going to do some um, repairs to our building here that are going to set us up really well for the future. Probably put a new roof uh, you know, in, on our sanctuary and um, you know, know that we, we are going to be honoring God into the future, um, 20, 30 years, and this building will be used for his glory. But we also thought... Um, wouldn't it be amazing to have a double blessing? You know what we're calling a double blessing. So to, to raise money amongst our church family here to, to match that gift and to use those funds to support missionaries, to support church planters, to support ministries that are serving um, those that don't know Christ, those that live in poverty, those that are not yet reached. And so uh, I've been praying for the last few months and council's been praying with me that we can match the generosity of this family that has given this, um, this $62,500 gift uh, to, to this church. So we are going to have a lot more details for you in May for how um, you can participate in that. But we just ask you at this point, um, as a council, to be praying about to be praying about that, to be thanking God for his generosity, and to ask God what he might be calling you to do to, uh, to build his kingdom around the world. Why don't, we, uh, why don't we go to our God in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and your spirit. 
Thank you for the reminder that in Christ, we truly have everything that we need in body and spirit. Lord, you are a gracious giver. You are kind to us. You you have brought us this far and you're never going to let us go. Lord, we, we pray that this teaching from your word would penetrate our hearts, that we would be uh, people um, that you can use powerfully to build up your kingdom, to see people come to faith, to see um, people uh, clothed and housed, and to see um, your kingdom come in all of its fullness. Lord, teach us what it means to not let our left hand know what our right hand is doing, to have an incredible relationship with you where we feel your delight as we pray, as we fast, as we give, knowing that you and knowing you is the greatest thing in the world. Lord, may we, may we give to the poor today and give to the church today and give all these ways that you're calling us. May we do it as a cheerful giver, Lord, not through um, being guilted or um, through being manipulated, but that we would simply give as a response to who you are, Lord. We ask all these things in the name of the generous giver, in Jesus Christ, amen.